Welcome to another episode of Canberra Eats. I'm your host, Felix Baskin. On today's show, we talk to Kix Nystrom. Kix is the Senior VP of Kitchen Operations at the Cheesecake Factory. In this episode, he talks to us about his background, how he got into the food service industry, and his 30 years at the Cheesecake Factory. Let's get to the interview. Today, I'm speaking with uh, Chef Kix Nystrom. Chef Kix, um, it's spelled spelled like the cereal kicks. Is that correct? That's correct, Felix. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, uh, Chef is the VP of Kitchen Operations at the Cheesecake Factory. So, welcome, Chef. Thank you very much. Yes, um, I'm currently the Senior Vice President of Kitchen Operations at the Cheesecake Factory. I have been with uh, Cheesecake Factory for over 30 years. I started uh, in 1992 when. Uh, <clears throat> And we had just in, we had just opened up our fifth restaurant, and uh, it was our first out of state restaurant. It was the first restaurant in Washington D.C., which was out of the state of California. Wow! And um, and it was it was exciting times. It was uh, you know it was interesting because everyone told us in in D.C. that if you do not take reservations you will not be successful as a restaurant in Washington, D.C. Well, we, we don't take reservations and we still have an hour and a half wait on the weekend. So we're, we're, we're doing something right. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I, I again, we I, I've known you for, for a few years now since working in Canberra, but I remember the the first the, my first experience Cheesecake Factory. This is again, I'm going to date myself too. Uh, back in the kind of mid mid uh, 90s there. At the, uh, I used to work in uh, Pasadena, um, in downtown Pasadena, and again, same thing, going to to Lanchester during the middle of the week. It's like hour and a half, two hour waits, and I was like, wow, this place must be something else. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was interesting. Pasadena was an interesting opening. Um, you know, it's it's right on the corner there, and we <clears throat> we we love the site. It's a great site, but um, one of the perks of that site is that. Um, we um on, on the first of the year right we can go into the restaurant everybody everybody seems to be working at the restaurant that day yeah because uh, you can go in early morning and 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 sit in one of the booths yeah and see all the hustle and bustle of the uh, of the um the, the parade. parade and everything happening in in yeah. pasadena on yeah. the, the uh, first of january yeah that's awesome that's nice 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 okay well great so we're going to talk a little bit more about cheesecake but i want to go a little but back and uh, ask you how you got into food service. How did that come about? You know, I um, I grew up in Aspen, Colorado, and my father was a stonemason, and my mother passed away when I was very young. So my father was always working, and I was a latchkey kid. And when I was, you know, in eighth grade or so, you know, I all my friends were eating home cooked meals, and they had were telling me stories about fried chicken and things that, that they had at home and macaroni and cheese. And my dad and I went out to dinner every night and I got really tired of it. And I said, dad, I want to learn how to cook. So my father bought me um, better homes and garden cookbook. And um, we, we, we had a pack that twice a week, we would cook a meal out of the, um, out of the cookbook. And it's funny because our first Sunday night dinner we, we looked at uh, the recipe for barbecue chicken uh-huh. and my dad decided to do a little, do a little twist on it. 
And we kind of did this shake and bake method, but my father crushed up a bag of Lay's potato chips, barbecued Lay's potato chips. And we rolled the chicken in that. And that was my first home cooked meal. And it was, it was incredible. It was fabulous. Wow. Wow. See, you, you never forget it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and in Aspen, there are a lot of fine dining restaurants mm -hmm. and I, <clears throat> you know, I worked as a dishwasher and a prep cook and I worked in a Moroccan restaurant. I worked in a, an Asian uh, uh, sushi restaurant um, and had all kinds of, um, you know, uh, the, I had the ability to work in all different restaurants because the, the town was busy during the winter mm -hmm. and chefs would borrow other prep cooks or, or line cooks from other restaurants if they were busy. So I ended up working in a lot of different restaurants during the winter and fell in love with it and became pretty good and really understood the concept and, and just loved it and put it in my skill bag as, as, a, as a, you know, a skill that I could use forever as I grew up. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Um, and did you, did you have any uh, uh, professional uh, uh, training, uh, culinary schools, things like that? Yeah, I went to I went to college. I wanted to um, I wanted to be a marine biologist. And <clears throat> when I found That's out that, what, yeah, what, from Aspen. <laughs> yeah. So um, when I when I found out that uh, that I was had no stretch in working for Jacques Cousteau, because that's what I wanted to do, I um, I ended up. Um, you know, get, getting some getting having the, the ability in college to get some grants. Uh, for my studies, but the grants were on like plankton and sponges and there was nothing exciting. There was nothing fun. I had, I wanted the sharks and the octopuses and those things, but couldn't do it. So, so I ended up saying, you know what, this, this might not be the career path. Um, and I was working for a corporation uh, uh, named Victoria Station at that time, which was a, a casual themed dining restaurants that had box cars. And they gave me the opportunity to go to culinary school. And I went to the San Francisco Culinary Academy and uh, honed my skills and learned techniques and, um, you know, the food science of cooking. And then just, the, you know, the world was my oyster, if you would, if you would say. Excellent. Excellent. Great. So like you said at the beginning here, you've been there for, you know, 30, 30 years uh, at Cheesecake. What, what's kind of kept you there again in this, in, in an industry where I, I bump into people all the time, every year, every couple of years, they're going different places, different companies, things like that. You know, it's a great question, Felix. It's, it's, it's all about our culture. It's about our ability to understand that, you know, our people are our greatest resource mm -hmm. and that, that we have to have the culture of taking care of people, taking care of our guests, and ensuring that that we're passionate about it each and every day, um, the, the the ability uh, that we have to feed millions of guests every year um, with with you know delicious, memorable food is is really one of our namesakes. It's it's a company that is financially and emotionally rewarding. Um, our CEO and founder, David Overton, is intimately involved in the day-to-day -day, um, goings-on with our restaurants, and uh, we are involved with tastings with uh, David Overton 
uh, once or twice a week to ensure that um, you know his vision, his passion um, of the food is uh, is is number one, and uh, that that translates all the way down to our guest. Great, great. Um, now you you mentioned uh, you were there when you were opening your fifth location. You guys are up to, I think, well over a hundred locations around the world. Correct? Yeah, we're about we're about two hundred thirteen. Um, then we have um, the Middle East. Um, we also have um, Mexico and um, China, Hong Kong, Macau. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, we're a global icon right now. So it's it's right. it's very exciting times. Right. So I wanted to get into a little bit about uh, uh, your recipe development process there, because obviously you have you guys have a very robust and uh, all encompassing menu, if you will. Um, how does how do you guys kind of keep up with that? And since you mentioned all these different areas of the world, does it, uh, I'm sure there's some local influences in some of these uh, parts. Does it differ greatly? Well, that's a, that's a two-part question. So I'll, I'll answer the first part. So we have a very robust R&D uh, development center. Um, that's that's uh, our, our culinary center is led by our, um, our very talented uh, Chef Robert Akura and uh, Chef Akura has been with us for over uh, 35 years um, and uh, he he is incredible and with his tutelage with um, you know Chef Brandon, Chef Ashley, uh, Chef Katie that are our, our main um, culinary chefs in the culinary center um, really put down um, you know, in recipes, David's vision and, and Chef Bob's vision of of what is delicious food and what is going to be, you know, the next avocado egg roll, if you would, um, which is one of our incredibly popular appetizers. But I think that is, um, you know, I think that's probably the 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 main crux of how we do culinary R and D. We used to look at you know, we used to look at cookbooks, you know, years ago, we used to have, and we still do it. We have an incredible library at the Culinary Center. Chef Bob has thousands of cookbooks that we would research and his team would look at recipes. And then, you know, we obviously, the team goes out to eat, um, you know, in, in restaurants throughout the, throughout the country and to, to understand what's hot and really what is a, um, what's a, maybe an upcoming fad that might be something later on that we would put on, mm -hmm. but little, little differences with flavors and tastes and uh, you know, the nuances of a dish that we might, we might try. Then the internet came around and then that is just, you know, you can't, you can't stop looking at the internet. You can't stop looking at net chef and or, uh, Netflix, you know, and, and looking at all of the different uh, culinary yep. shows that are on it's 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 incredible you just you, there's not enough time yep. um, it's 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 amazing so we're always talking about the latest you know Netflix or the latest latest chef show that we that we saw and what, what you have to watch yep. um, you know and I think that that's that's probably the most important piece now um, just culling through thousands and thousands of recipes to come up with um, ideas that would work on our menu. Okay, great, great. Um, so what, 
uh, personally speaking, what's your favorite item on the menu right now? No, Felix, that's, <laughs> that's like asking, you know, a fly fisher, a fly fisherman, what, what's his, what's his, what is his favorite fly lure? Um, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it, it depends my mood. It depends uh, when I go in. I mean, I think one of my, um, you know, my, one of my go-tos is our pasta da Vinci, which uh -huh. is sautéed uh, chicken and mushrooms with onions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's in a, it's in an incredible, delicious, silky, um, succulent Madeira wine sauce. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great. Um, it's, it, it's tossed with penne pasta and it's, mm -hmm. It's a, it's a great dish, but you know, it's, I am, I am not one of those people that go to cheesecake factory and always order the same thing. The same thing. Okay. And, you know, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a syndrome. That's a, that's a clinical syndrome that we have in the U S where when I talk to people about cheesecake factory, they say, Oh my gosh, I, I, I love the menu. It's so big. It's so broad, but I always order the same thing. <laughs> What's uh, what's the one menu item recently addition or not, not necessarily recently that kind of surprised you as uh, how well it, it did or or it's 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 doing is any oh, any any of them? You know we we have we have the mainstays that we've always had the, the avocado egg rolls the Tex Mex egg rolls uh, Cajun jambalaya pasta um, you know excuse me. You know, we're all very favorite uh, favorite dishes. I think, I think in in, in past probably one of the um, one of the sections in the menu is a skinny licious menu, yes. and that's a menu that <clears throat> David Overton asked us to 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 put on the menu several years ago. But he wanted he wanted low cal, um, you know, five hundred ninety calories or less mm -hmm. dishes, uh, salads things, but he didn't want them to taste mm -hmm. locale. Yeah. So Chef Bob and the team did an incredible amount of culinary R&D developing these recipes that, that are mainstay in our skinny licious menu, but are as good mm -hmm. as anything else on the menu as far as flavor and richness yeah. and um, <clears throat> quality and, and textures uh but but you, you just you after you taste it and after you start eating it you go oh my god i can't believe this is only 590 calories it's true so yeah. uh, but it's 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 a really good section on our menu that we really we really love yeah i can vouch for the skin delicious tacos that's for sure uh <laughs> okay so i want to jump a little bit into uh, food safety i know obviously uh you guys are very much committed to it as 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 we are uh cambro and uh, i want to talk about a bit about how you guys kind of carried that out throughout all your operations uh kind of a little bit about the processes that, that you have and now that impacts uh day to day you know food safety is probably one of our most important um foundations that we have with food and our restaurants and um you know we pay close attention to always at the beginning when we start looking at a new product and is that manufacturer food safe um are they uh are, are do they have you know gmps do they have um a manufacturing facility that is safe 
And then, you know, how is our how is our product uh, delivered? And uh, is the hierarchy when when a, a broadline distributor distributes our product is the you know is the product uh, stored safely and shipped safely to our restaurants? And then all all of our food safety that we have in our restaurants for storing our product and maintaining uh, the quality and the food safety, not only that it's potable, but palatable. Right. Um, that's, that's incredibly important. And, and another big facet you know, of our world now is sustainability. Yes. And we look at food safety, but also we look at sustainability. And does that product meet our sustainability needs from a, mm -hmm. from a corporate um, standpoint? And also from you know world safety and and sustainability, are the products recyclable? Does it come in recyclable product uh, packaging and things like that? Mm -hmm. So it's 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 interesting now because before we even you know look at a manufacturer, we identify its food safety mm -hmm. uh, procedures and its sustainability procedures. And if the if those two don't line up. Um, then, then we look for another manufacturer. We look for another product, um, and, and that's critically important. Okay, um, I, I, you know, going back quite a few years, uh, about a little over twenty years ago, I know Cheesecake was one of the uh, first locations to kind of test out uh, like our cam shelving uh, when you guys had put it in the in location. And I know uh, you guys have been a proponent of that. How has uh, how would you uh, rate the experience of working with uh, uh, Camber over the over the years? You know, um, the cam shelving has um, <clears throat> developed um, <clears throat> several iterations since we started using it, as you know, um, from the first set of shelving. Um, when I was, uh, you know, an executive kitchen manager with the company, we, we had metal shelving and um, the metal shelving rusted. And whether it was powder coated or whether it was, um, you know, uh, some type of um, metal aggregate for the shelving, we always had issues with it. And it was difficult to keep clean. Right. And that was a that was a big issue. And shelving was a big problem in our restaurant. So when we started to look at Cambro early on and yeah, it's been over 20 years, mm -hmm. um, we, we really realized that this cam shelving has the ability to um, be as strong as metal. Um, it has the same uh, components and it has the, the same uh, sizing and structure that, uh, that any metal shelving would have. Mm -hmm. But then it also has the ability now to um, to have different racks, whether they're solid or slotted, which gives us a food safety component for cooling yeah. in the walk-in. But those those shelving, <laughs> the ability to to just take the shelving out of the walk-in very quickly and run it through the dish machine uh, on a weekly basis to keep it clean and safe is is a huge component. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and the I talked about hierarchy of food safety. Um, you know, the cam shelving gives us that ability to maintain food safe hierarchy as we store products in our restaurants. Right. You know, you, you you have to realize that 
the the dining room is the king because that's where the guests are mm-hmm. and you know you have to build kitchens with adequate dining and seating in our big restaurants but we 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 sometimes are you know based on the location that we have sometimes we have not a whole lot of storage area for refrigeration and freezer and and kitchen line right. so that component of the cam shelving gives us the ability to build our walk-ins and our freezers uh, with the the right dimensions of the shelving, the right height, um, the right sizing of the shelving, the ability for it to cool with slotted shelves, and um, the ability to keep our hierarchy and and maintain the the food safety and and, and really the product organization of all our homemade sauces, dressings, and dips and products that we make uh, a la minute or make in-house. Right. Um, I want to ask all about the impact. Obviously, you know, as I've been doing these interviews, everyone has adjusted to the pandemic differently and things like that. And obviously, I I, I assume, you know, over the last uh, few years here, you know, take out all the different deliveries. Uh, uh, that's obviously probably increased a little bit for you guys. But what, what do you see as kind of a long or do you see a long term impact uh, or slightly ways you guys have had to change the way you address some of these uh, 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 changes, the way the, the consumer approaches? Well, uh, out of restaurant dining, to-go dining, whether it's DoorDash or the guest picks it up, um, has has increased threefold for most restaurants. And really, it's been the mainstay that have maintained the ability for a lot of restaurants to stay in business. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that we're looking at long term what that what that methodology and how we can reconstruct in in from a from a construction standpoint and make it easier for the guests to pick up food or DoorDash to pick up food and and deliver it. We maintain in our packaging and the way that we produce all of our to go food that we want that guest experience to be the same as it would be if you dined in. So that that's that's a critical piece. So we want it to look the same. We want it to taste the same. We want it to travel well. Um, you know, and Cambro has been, you know, instrumental in coming up with all kinds of ideas for storing packaging, heating, uh, keeping packaging warm, um, you know, and, and things that we're even looking at um from a from a, a standpoint in the restaurants that really help maintain the quality of the food so it gets to the guest uh the best uh, the best that it can and and that guest can experience the same dining at their home as they would you know at the restaurant more or less i mean it's tough because you don't have the ambiance but one sure. you want to make sure that the food is is you know, packaged correctly, it's it's uh, it's safe mm-hmm. and it's it's hot when the guest gets it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, um, where 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 do you, where are you guys seeing growth in next uh, little while here? Is it more domestic, international, a little bit of both? Well, I I think it's both. I think um, I think we're starting to open up uh, you know new restaurants this year, and um, you know we'll we'll see what the pulse is 
with our other brands that we have um, with North Italia and Flower Child, and they're also doing openings this year. And then we have, uh, you know, our international partners that are trying to ramp up uh, the opening schedules for this year and next year. But long, long term, <clears throat> I think the critical piece is, you know, how, how can we all get this um, distribution chain fixed because it's fractured. Yeah. And I think one of the things that has helped us with Cambro is that they're locally sourced, they're locally produced, mm -hmm. um, you know, U.S. made a lot of products. And, and, you know, to date, we haven't had any shortages with Cambro products, yeah. you know, knock on wood, thank gosh, yeah. um, you know, as compared to, you know, everything else that we can't get. Um, we can't get frill picks. We can't get computer chips for for French fryer machines, uh, fat fryers, um, you know, silverware, plateware, all kinds of things. Um, but we've we've Cambro has has done a great job of maintaining their quality, maintaining their inventory. Um, you know, shelving is is um, hasn't they haven't had a blip on it, and, and all of the products that we use for storage and food safety from Cambro has we haven't had any issues with it. So that that's been a that's been a, a godsend for us. And you know, shelving is critical to our operation. It's so funny. I would, you know, if my wife would let me, I would put cam shelving in my in my kitchen, but she wouldn't let me. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Okay, great. Well, one last question I uh, everybody wants to know is um, white or brown bread? What's uh, what's your go to? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's 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 it has to be the brown because I can get it in any store. I can <laughs> I can I can, uh, I, can uh, I can pick it up at, at Ralph's or Vaughn's or any grocery store near you. There you go. Um, but our sourdough, I love our sourdough and uh, uh, it's again, it's that fly fisherman lure question. <laughs> you know, you just, you, it's, it's all about how you feel that day. It's all about what, what, what you want. And, um, so it's, it's, that's, that's funny, but, um, you know, it's, it's, I would say for the most part, it would be brown bread. Good, good. Great. Well, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Felix. I really appreciate it. And, and, um, you know, I've uh, I've you know been involved with Cambro for as long as you know twenty five years probably, and um, we've had uh, great success with the company, and uh, it's um, it's it's an incredible company, and, and I'm I'm I love our relationship that we have with all of our team members, and um, and and really the uh, I think one of the most one of the favorite parts that I have about Cambro is that, you know, when I have a need, when I have a, a question or I have a widget that needs to be worked on or fixed or, um, you know, something, I have a task or a problem in my kitchen, sure. then Cambro is always there to, to design something and come up with an idea. And, uh, um, you know, we've been involved with a lot of R and D with, mm -hmm. uh, with the team and, and, um, and it's, it's, it's incredible. And I think they, their design team and their ability to pivot and come up with different iterations of a product that they already have mm -hmm. that, that, that they can, they can put into R and D and make it better, I think is really a testament to 
um, the culture behind Cambro as a, as a company. Yeah, it's true. I, I think a, a big thing, I, hopefully a lot of people understand is that a lot of the ideas, a lot of things that come out to market are basically based on uh, your input and a lot of basically food service to actual professionals, what their needs and desires and, and issues that they have that they're looking for solutions. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Felix, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for listening. Please visit cambroids.com for more information about this episode. Until next time, stay hungry. Thank you.